I'm here with Juanita Wilson for her fantastic film Tomato Red released on the 3rd of March. Tell me a little bit about how you found the story for Tomato Red. I found the story for Tomato Red in a bookshop once again. It's a novel written by um, Daniel Woodrell, an amazing um, American writer. And I read it a good few years ago, and it's one of the best books I ever read. It just, it, it's so surprising um, in terms of a story. I had no idea what to expect. And it just, it's his voice. I think it's the voice of the lead character, which is also Daniel's voice, which is the voice of wisdom, a hard-lived wisdom that tells it like it is. It sees the world as it is and describes it. But Daniel has this wonderful gift of being able to describe reality with brilliant humour. So the humour and dialogue are laugh out loud, some of the lines. They're just amazing. But at the same time, the character itself, the lead character and all the characters, they're very, very endearing and real. And within all of that, the the story itself um, is involved with uh, fighting prejudice and trying to get justice against a crime, a horrific crime that's committed. And so the theme itself obviously is a theme that's very dear to my heart, which is um, injustice. And the characters themselves are outsiders. They live outside society and they haven't really experienced a voice in society. So I'm always attracted to people who live on the margins and live on the edge. And um, it just totally, uh, I just fell in love with it when I read it. As a writer, first of all, when you're tackling with adapting a novel like this, where do you where do you go with it? How do you start? The biggest challenge uh, with this particular book is that the voice of the lead character is so appealing and so true, you want to write every single word that he says or thinks. Obviously, you can't do that um, with a film in the way that you can with a novel. So trying to pick... Um, the pieces of voiceover that we used was hard and we had to um, discard many, many brilliant pieces of um, philosophy because in a way, Sammy is a street philosopher. And um, that was a hard choice. And this particular book, um, Sammy addresses the reader directly. You know, he says, you're no angel. You know how this stuff comes to happen. And I thought that was so unique and endearing. It just draws you in immediately. So we decided to keep that, which is, again, an unusual choice maybe for a film to do that in a voiceover. But it's very him and it's it's um, very much the personality of this particular story. So that was the main thing. And the other decision um, that I had to make in terms of the adaptation was the ending. The ending is a tough ending. And I know when I read the book, um, I wanted many different endings and the ending necessarily was that was there. And I met Daniel after we optioned the book and I discussed this with him and asked him, would he be open to maybe looking at it, not changing it in essence, but in in maybe shading it. And um, to my delight, he was very open to that. So I sat down and scratched my head and um, had a big think about it and tried many trite endings that really did not work you know and ended up completely with the ending that's in the book which is at the end of the day it's the most honest true appropriate ending for this story so I have to say the adaptation is all in the spirit of Daniel's original book. In dealing with a piece of work that is quite solid and finished and having another author's voice as opposed to say something that is almost true that you're adapting it it must be kind of tough and how involved would you be with the author then? Yeah, I mean, for me, this was a deliberate choice to step away from pure reality um, from the last two pieces of work, which were very much based on true stories and true lives. And although this is based on an incident that did happen, um, a true incident, and that's what Daniel based, inspired basically the writing of Tomato Red, 
he colors it in a way as a novelist um, and so it becomes a little bit larger than life so that line between what is real and what is imaginary is not as clear-cut as it is with um, kind of more a more documentary approach to filmmaking and that's what I loved about it and even though at the heart of it the um, themes would be similar um, the the style and tone of this was new for me and it was a challenge and that's why I chose it and I, ha I, I have to be honest um, it it is not as straightforward and in the edit uh, myself and Nathan Nugent did um, play around with that in terms of how far to push the humour, how far to pull it back um, and with Pierce and I in terms of cinematography, how real is something, how stylized is it, all of those choices are on a spectrum and you have to kind of pick exactly how you want to portray this film because it is reflecting real lives but there is also entertainment in there as well and lots and lots of colour and I didn't want to kill that off either. So for me this was a whole new experience and on top of that working in English was also um, a new experience for me which was great. It's so kind of tonally powerful and, and it's being brought through with the colours and then the choice of shots and things like it, and it's stunning. It's at times it's almost like looking at a painting. Like how do you achieve that? How do you decide what a film is going to look like before you go in with your director's hat on? The honest answer is it evolves, you know, but I think it is an accumulation of all the many, many choices you make along the way. Primarily the choice of location, which um, for us was a huge journey. Obviously, your choice of cinematographer is a huge um, has a huge impact on it. The choice of cast and then all the production design, all those elements combine. And then most importantly as well, um, the editor, Nathan, where all stories begin and end and begin again, because you, you, you know, you can choose all of that and the music and the score is the final and the sound design actually in this film that really do create that world, you know, and it's, it's a matter of all of those. And the, one of the biggest changes from the book uh, early on was that the book is set in a small town and I just felt that the sense of isolation wouldn't come across as strongly if you're in a small town where you have access to people, you have support structure, you have more access to employment, their situation wouldn't be so desperate, they wouldn't feel like they're living outside of um, society or on the edge of the world. So I kind of decided that to pick a vast landscape where there's mountains and behind those mountains there's more mountains and you will never, ever, ever find your way out of there. Um, I just felt visually that has a really strong impact. So that probably was one of the key elements that shapes that world. And then there are lots and lots of smaller elements, uh, like the car, for example, finding that car, which, you know, was literally parked outside a cafe where we were working on the script and was so perfect. We had didn't have to do anything with it. It was just perfect. And some of those things, you just it's like you, you recognize them when you see them. And all of the landscapes, I mean, Pierce was so generous with his time and together we recied several different um, countries not just locations looking for the right space and through all of that we were able to compare to compare his photographs to compare what we saw what we felt in certain environments what we were looking for so that when we actually found this location it felt so perfect and so right that after that nothing else matched and and, and everything kind of happens that way it's like you go down a road and you explore everything that you can and then gradually you hone it and hone it and hone it. And then when the right thing comes along, immediately you recognize it. And how was filming in Canada, wasn't it? Yeah, we shot in a small town up in the mountains called Ashcroft. And it was, it was incredible because it is very, very isolated. And I think that helped our focus, that we were all kind of corralled together. Everything was, 
you know, within a two or three hour drive and you're just up in this vast world. And I think it just, it created an atmosphere that was a really beautiful atmosphere to work in, you know, where it was almost like a family and fun and everybody was very, very committed because of that. But it really inspired us. We were up in a reservation and just meeting people uh, living up there and the stories that you hear and everything, I think, really does impact and inform the final film. Your casting is so fabulous, like these beautiful characters who are so deep and and so, you know, they, they carry such weight of emotion, even though they say very little. Like, how did you find them all? And Anna Friel, she was yeah, my favorite. I think I this, is, this is one of the problems with having a book that you love so much is that when you read it, you have all the characters fully formed in your head. So it's very hard. Then you start looking for real flesh and blood people and they're always different. But again, like with the landscape and all the elements, you do recognize an essential part of them is correct for that character. And they might be physically completely different, but you recognize what it is that they can bring. And some of them, like uh, Nick Rue, who plays um, Jason, and Julia Garner, who um, was one of my early picks for Jamalee, you know, they were just so right. I mean, she just she's so beautiful, um, but she has her head screwed on. She has a steeliness to her that that character needs while having another worldliness, some other part of her that is the dreamer, that is the, um, the one who drives them all with her schemes and her plans and her dreams. And then Nick plays Jason, and Jason is like a, the peacemaker. Um, he's innocent, he's genuine, and he just has his charm. And he, again, he has that otherworldliness. He doesn't belong in this world either. And, and Nick instantly had all of those qualities. So very, very early on, those two roles were cast. And then we went on the search for Bev. And I have to say, Anna Friel did this amazing audition. And I've known her obviously for years and really respect her as an actress. But she just, she brought a reality to Bev without losing any of the humour because Bev has some of the best lines, one-liners in the whole film. But she was able to deliver those, but also a humanity and a vulnerability that she just embodies as an actress that is very beautiful and it gives a whole nuance to Bev um, that I think really, really helps you empathise with her character. And then, of course, the lead was the most problematic and the trickiest to find. And I spent years yet again on the search for Sammy. And and Jake is a young actor. He he just read. And as soon as I saw his audition, I recognized that he had a truth in his delivery. Um, there was nothing fussy um, about it. And I just totally believed him. It's his body language. It's everything. He has to do very little, but he carries it all. And... He didn't milk the humour, which I think was really, really important. Um, but he was able to, to, to bring all of the little smiles to the role without overdoing it. So he was brilliant. And they were all a joy to work with, I have to say. Being up there, low budget film in the middle of nowhere, and they came with their hearts on their sleeve and were so open that it was a, a real privilege to work with all of them. You have a very varied background and you definitely get a sense where the you, from the your previous works and the journalism background um, and informing it and adapting it. But with this, it was so um, visually intense. And I know you did fine arts as well. How how much of you is in there? I suppose uh, I really do love cinema, which for me is the pictures, is the visuals. Um, so I am a stickler for the visuals and it was wonderful working with Pierce because he is an absolute perfectionist and his eye is incredible and his compositions and for me um, without it wanting to take away or detract from the, the truth of the story or the emotional journey 
you're asking an audience to sit and watch something so I really feel it's important how that's shot um, and we were very lucky once we found our landscapes and um, the locations we also had the joy of being able to work in different lights um, up there we did a lot of shooting in twilight which is an absolute luxury and I think you know nighttime shots and that kind of thing that really helped the mood so I didn't honestly expect that Tomato Red was going to be primarily a visually beautiful film in the way that maybe The Door, I would always have pictured it that way. But despite ourselves, um, this is what we ended up with. And I'm just, I mean, again, like with the actual book, when we were editing, there were so many wonderful shots and, and landscapes and images, and you just couldn't include them all, which is heartbreaking. But I think it's a joy to work with somebody like Pierce um, that has has such a beautiful eye, you know, and uh, and can can, um, I guess, make that vision a reality. And if there's one thing that you hope everyone takes away after seeing your film, what is it? I think the main that that you know, at its heart, this film is an exploration of violence and the seeds of violence. And I think it's really important um, to remember that often a violent act is the end result of an accumulation of prejudice and wrongs and I firmly believe that if people aren't given a voice and aren't listened to that sooner or later they will find a way to be heard and I think it's really important that we're inclusive um, and that we listen to everybody and you know experience has told us it's a way to end violence is to talk to people and to listen to one another and I think that that's um, the most important thing at the heart of this film is not to judge but to actually listen brilliant and okay so everybody make sure they catch uh, tomato red when it's out the 3rd of march and thank you so much for talking to us um, i'm Gemma cray and this is the film ireland podcast <laughs>